All right, open your Bibles tonight, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter number 28, we've been looking at uh, our Lord's church and His churches and what He established, uh, the promise of perpetuity, uh, the fact that it is a uh, local autonomous uh, bodies uh, throughout uh, time and throughout the earth and all over the Lord has established His churches. Um, and tonight we're going to look at our mission. And what we find here in Matthew chapter number 28 is the Lord gives uh, this mission or the commission as it's often called uh, to His church there at Jerusalem. It is still our mission today. It is our chief responsibility. It is the the thing that we are to do, uh, and as a church, it's what, what he has given for us to perform. This has not changed in 2,000 years. There's been a lot of things that we've changed. There's been a lot of things that we've added. There's a lot of things that, that, that we make a part of our worship and make a part of, of our church life, and those, there's not necessarily anything wrong with those things that we've added or taken away, but this here has not changed. This remains our responsibility. This remains our mission. It remains our purpose as Grace Baptist Church. It's what we are to be found faithfully doing, striving to do as a church in our daily lives as we go forth to, to fulfill the work of the Lord that He has given for us in this place. We read here in, in this passage, Matthew 28, beginning in verse 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world or the end of the age, the aeon, Amen. Uh, that low is just a an affirmative there. That's not talking about height. Uh, Kenny Nichols used to say all the time about flying. He'd say, I, I don't, don't want to go flying. He said, That's, I don't want to get in an airplane because the Bible says, and lo, I am with you all the way. And so he would say, he just wouldn't get in on an airplane. That's not what he's talking about there, obviously. Uh, this is this this is just him telling. This is an affirmative for us that he he is ever with us. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age or the end of the world. Amen. The gospels end with Jesus giving the mission to his church, and some would argue that the the gospels don't really have church doctrine in them. Uh, but we find it scattered throughout uh, the, the the Gospels, in fact. And you have uh, predominantly they're not for doctrine in the sense of how they are written, but rather to tell the story of Jesus and what he's come to do. But he interspersed throughout all of his teaching the the doctrine for us as a church, how we are to conduct ourselves, how we are to live for Him. And there, there are places that it is throughout uh, the, the Gospels, and here is one of the primary examples of it, that commission, that mission 
that is given for us to perform as his churches. To go, to teach all nations, baptizing those uh, that would come and then teaching them to observe all things. And Jesus begins by declaring his authority there in verse 18. When he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That word power there is the Greek word exousia, and it simply means authority. All authority belongs to him. All authority belongs to him, both in heaven and in earth. And so whatever originates in him, it's his right. Whatever he sets up, whatever he establishes, whatever he sets forth, whatever command he is given, he has that right to do so because all authority belongs to him. And so he declares his authority there in verse 18 and then says, go. Go. Now we see this, this, this reality of the authority given him. Uh, turn back to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter number 3 and verse 16 and 17. We see this accreditation of him by the Father. Uh, Matthew chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. He says, Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. On the Mount of Transfiguration, they hear the exact same words, except what is added there is, Hear ye him. And so this is a, a declaration from heaven of the authority of Christ Jesus to do the work that the Father had given him to do. And so he has this authority given him by God, by the Father, to go and do this work. It all belongs to him, is what he declares. Now, this authority, he says, uh, after having declared that authority, he gives the mission here. Go ye therefore. Go ye therefore. I had someone tell me one time uh, that because we believe in the sovereignty of God, in election, we know God has his people, we know he's going to save who he's going to save, we don't have to go, they say. We just wait for him to send the people to us. And there's no doubt God puts people in our path. As we go through our day, there's no doubt he puts people in our path that we have opportunity to witness to, that, that, that we strike up conversations with. And they're not always going to come to you and ask you a spiritual question and say, hey, tell me, what do you think about Christ? That's what we have to do. We have to, we have to go further in that conversation to, to speak to them concerning the gospel. But there is, he does put people in our path. 
He does send people into our church building at times when we are met together. But just because he puts people in our path, just because he sends people into the church building, we still have the responsibility to go out. We still have the responsibility to go to those around us, to, to wherever we may find ourselves. We have the responsibility to go and declare Christ Jesus to them. His name needs to be on our lips at all times. We need to be speaking of Him to those around us. We need to be in, in some way, somehow, bringing Christ Jesus into our everyday conversations when we are meeting and talking with folks. And there are times that, I, and I, I hate it when I do it, but there's, there's reality where you, you feel... Well, I need to talk to this person. I need I need to speak to them about where you get busy and, and you get, I, I do it all the time at work. It's where I'm, I'm hanging a lot and somebody, I need to talk to that guy about the Lord. And you'll get gone instead of me saying, I need to talk, I need, hey. <laughs> but I catch myself doing that all the time. I need to talk to them about the Lord today. I need to ask them about their salvation. I need to ask, the, and, and, and get, you get busy, you get, Working, you get doing, and you miss that opportunity. We have the responsibility. The name of Jesus needs to be on our lips at all times. We need to be speaking of our Lord to those around us. We need to be declaring Him to those. We, we're not to wait on them to come to us, but we are to go to them. That is the responsibility that we have. I've noticed this week there's a meme on Facebook that 86%, I don't know how true it is, it's just the meme itself, but 86% of people that first come to church were invited by somebody to come. 86%. That's a, high, that's a high number of people just coming to church. We're not just inviting, though, to come to church. That's great. We need to invite them to come to church. We need to tell them about the Lord. We need to declare Jesus to them. We need to declare the gospel before them, he said. And so the command is, go ye, therefore. And notice the pronoun ye there, it applies to all of us. Not just a pastor, not just a Sunday school teacher. All of us. We all have that responsibility to go ye, therefore. It's what he has called us to. To be able to declare the gospel of Christ Jesus. Therefore, he says, go ye therefore. The reason we are to go is because Jesus is the one with the authority and he commanded go. Go ye therefore. Because he has all authority. Because it all belongs to him, he says, go. Go. Now, once we go, he says, teach all nations. Teach all nations. So who do we go to? All nations. I like how you put it in Mark. Preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. Now the squirrel might not pay much attention to you. But declare Christ anyway. We cannot differentiate the who that we are to go to. And boy, don't we do that. Don't we do that? We, we don't like the idea that, that, that 
that we might be judging. We don't like to consider ourselves to be that way, but we do. We judge individuals all the time when it comes to this, this point here of relating to them the gospel of Christ because we see them, we see what they look like, we see how they dress, we see maybe the, the, we hear the words that is, that's coming out of their mouth, we, we see their actions, we see how they interact with other people, and we immediately say, there ain't no reason we waste my time. No reason we waste my time. They wouldn't hear me if I... And they may not. They may not. But that's not for me to decide. That's not for you to decide. There's a reason he words it like that in Mark. Preach it to every creature. Don't be, don't be making a judgment call based upon what we think that person might do. What they think... They, what we think they might hear, what they, what we think they might, how they might respond. We're not to do. We're simply to give to them the gospel of Christ. Declare Jesus to them. Now they may laugh at you. They may spit on you. They may call you names. They may, they may go poking fun at you. They, I mean, they may do all sorts of things. But they also may listen. They also may say, "Hey, I'd like to hear more about this." We're not to differentiate. We're, we, are, we are to preach the gospel to everyone we come in contact with. The name of Jesus needs to be on our lips. All times, it needs to be on our lips. Not because of their nationality, not because of their skin color, their creed, what, what, how many tattoos they've got on their face. None of that stuff matters. Declare the gospel of Christ. Acts 17. Acts chapter 17. We read there in verse 26. This is Paul, of course. He's on, goes up on Mars Hill there, and the Epicureans and the Stoics are up there arguing about which, which God is better. Uh, whether their gods are better or whether their gods are better and which one is more wise to follow after and so on. And so they're up there arguing and talking about their particular gods that they really like. And there on Mars Hill, there, was, uh, uh, there were these idols to all the different gods. So you could go there and, and if you, there was a particular god or maybe you had multiple gods you wanted to worship in one day, you didn't have to go to all those different temples you could go there to Mars Hill and just find all of those different idols there on the hill. But just in case, just in case they missed one on Mars Hill. Because they know there's all, I mean, from their perspective, from their religion, there's gods for everything. And so just in case they missed one, or hadn't heard about one, or didn't know about one, they had an altar there to the unknown God. And Paul uses the example of that altar as he comes into their presence and says, let me tell you about it. I'll tell you who this unknown God is. And so he declares to them Christ. And he says there in verse 26, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth 
and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God is the one who made all of us. Doesn't matter what color skin we've got, doesn't matter what nation we come from, doesn't matter what creed we may be in, it doesn't matter how we may look outwardly, it doesn't matter what kind of clothes we're wearing, none of those things matter. God is the one who's made every single person. Now, Paul tells them that here in this passage. He says there, verse uh, goes on to say in verse 27, he says that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from Every one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also His offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. In Him we live and move and have our being. He is the one that made us all. He is the one that, that put us in the places where we are at. He even says that. I mean, where, where we live, what, what nation we are part of, what family we are part of, where we, where we were raised, where we come up, the, the, the values that were taught us in our upbringing. All of those things, those were orchestrated by God in our individual lives. And not only as He did that, not only as He worked all of those realities for us, but He also declares that He put in us to know Him. It is in our very conscience that He is woven in us that we know He is. And man cannot get away from that. And Paul says, look, you all raised up all these gods and you've got all these, these images here of gold and silver and, and stone and, and you've got all these, but that's not, that's not, those things are not real. There's a living God that has made us. There's a living God that knows us. There's a, there's a living God that we serve. There's a living God that we follow. And He is not far, He says, from anyone else. He's right there. He's right there. And so he says, teach. Teach all nations. In Acts chapter 10, God calls Peter to go and speak and preach the gospel to Cornelius. And Cornelius was a Roman centurion. And he's, Peter's sent down to his house to go to him and preach to him the gospel. But in order to do that, the Lord gives Peter that vision of that sheet that's let down from heaven. And that, that sheet is full of all of these unclean animals. And the Spirit of God tells Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, not so, Lord. I ain't going to do it. There's never been an unclean thing touched my lips before. I'm not going to do that. God said, Peter, what I 
have made clean, don't you call unclean. And then Cornelius, his servants are sent by him to go find Peter. And they show up, after Peter's had this vision from the Lord, they show up at Peter's door and said, hey, our master has sent us to you. God has told him that you need to come down and preach to him the gospel. And Peter said, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm going to pray about that. Peter gets up the next day. He goes down. He comes to the house of Cornelius. He preaches to Cornelius the gospel of Christ Jesus. Cornelius and all of his householders say. And Peter says there in verse number 30 that he, he perceives, he understands now that God is no respecter of persons. In other words, it don't matter where you come from. If, if you're one of his, he's going to bring your God, his gospel to you. <laughs> if you're one of his, he's got you. He's got you. And he's not going to let go. And so we're to go. We're, we're to go to all nations. Even though, as in Peter's case there, I, I don't know about that. Go down to, go down to that Roman's house and, 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 and preach to him the gospel. Or are you sure, Lord? God is no respecter of persons. I said verse 38, verse 34, actually, of Acts chapter 10. So what do we teach them? Go and teach all nations. What do we teach them? This is the first teach of two. Two times he says to teach them. This first teach... We find just what it is we are to teach by hearing what the disciples spoke first. What was it that they taught? What was it that they did when they went out? They are our example that we are to look to. When they went forth to teach all nations, what was it that they said? Go to Acts chapter 2. We find the first example of this here in this passage. As Peter preaches this message on the day of Pentecost, and he, this is after they are empowered by the Spirit of God that day, and they, they are gladly declaring these things to those around them. Notice verse 22, down through verse number 24, in the crux of Peter's message here, what he says. He says, Ye men of Israel, hear these Words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom? God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. So what is it that Peter preached to them? He preached to them the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And the fact, not only, not only the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, but the fact that it was God's will for the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord to bring to pass our salvation. God had 
approved of him by miracles and wonders and signs. God delivered him to this work, to this task, to that death by his determinate counsel and foreknowledge. And they had by wicked hands crucified and slain. So he preached to them the gospel, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Notice Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Verse 19 and 20. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. The whole verse, verse 12 on down through the end of the chapter there is Peter preaching his second message here. And he says there in verse 19, verse 20, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord and he shall send Jesus Christ which before was preached unto you. Repent. Repent and be converted that your sins be blotted out. And so he declares to them the gospel again. Acts chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, and then verse 5 down through verse number 13 there. Particularly, Peter preaches again. Verse 11 and 12, notice those two verses there. He says this is the stone. Well, let me back up to verse 10. Let me go back up there and see that. It says, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other name under heaven given among men let me read that again. I, I left out a few words there. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name. <laughs> Under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. We must be saved. The Lord, the Lord invites us to come to Him. We see that many times in the Scriptures. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He invites us to come. But he also commands us to come. Whereby we must be saved. We must be saved. It is only Christ. It is only in him. And so the message declared again that it is Christ Jesus. His gospel. That's what we are to teach all nations. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter number 8. Here we find Philip. He is sent out to go and join himself to a chariot that the Ethiopian eunuch was riding upon. And it tells us there in verse 26, the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south and the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, she had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read to say, the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither. 
Remember I tell you, I, I get those, I need to talk to this person about the gospel. I need to, I need to tell them about Christ. As soon as Philip got that direction, he ran. He ran to do that work. Philip ran thither to him, heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he should come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shears, so open he not his mouth. And so he's reading from Isaiah 53, verses 7 and 8 there, as he's reading that particular passage of the suffering of our Lord for us. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. From Isaiah 53, he preached unto him Jesus. How could he do that? Because Jesus is the object of everything. All 66 books, every page, Jesus is the object of it all. He is the one that is declared. He is the one it is pointing to. He is the one that it is alluding to. It is always Christ that's being held up from Genesis to the Revelation. It is Christ. And he preached the same, started the same scripture, preached unto him, Jesus. As they went on their way, came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What doesn't hinder me to be baptized? This will move us down into the next part of that commission there. He knew all these Christians that he'd been seeing. He had seen them in Jerusalem. He had seen the things they were doing. He had watched probably some of these baptisms taking place. And he said, hey, what, here's water. What, 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 what hinders me? What do I need to do? What's in my way of getting baptized? Philip said to him, verse 37, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered, I love it, but Philip didn't tell him what to believe. I love that. I'm not saying we should, we should tell him what to believe. <laughs> but I love it that Philip didn't say that. He simply said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And the Ethiopian eunuch tells us what he believed. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, he was a Jewish proselyte. He's one who had been following the Jewish religion. He's one who had been worshiping as a Jew. He had come to Jerusalem for that purpose, to worship as a Jew. And by this declaration, he's saying, I am no longer a Jew. I'm no longer in Judaism here. But rather, I'm a believer of Christ. 
I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is what we teach. This is what we declare. We declare to them Jesus is the Christ. We declare to them His death, His burial, His resurrection. This is the good news that we are to preach. This is the gospel that we are to declare. And those that believe it, those that hear it, those, those that, that believe this message that we declare, we baptize them. We baptize them. Now, there's no place, there's no place in the commission that is given to us where he says save them. Get people saved. There's a lot of people trying that today. Oh, my goodness. There's all kinds of people trying that. We've got to get more people saved. We've got to get them saved. We've got to get them saved. We've got to get them to say this prayer. We've got to get them to make this decision. We've got to get them to do this. We've got to get them to do that. We've got to get them to join. We've got to get them to baptize. We've got to get all of these things. And, and they, they go through the list of all the things they've got to get done in order to get the numbers, in order to get people saved. And there's a zeal, and I appreciate the zeal that they're wanting to see people born again. They want to see people saved, but we can't get them to do that. It's not our job to get people saved. It's our job to preach to them the gospel of Christ. And God, in His glorious grace, saves their souls. He is the one that opens them up to the gospel. He is the one that opens their blinded eyes. He is the one that changes their stony heart into a heart of flesh. He is the one that makes known unto them Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. He is the one that works that work of grace and gives them that salvation that can only come by Christ. We don't get people saved. He saves His people. We are simply to declare the gospel. And then those that hear, those that believe, then we are to baptize them in that very authority that has given us to do the work. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And we see that example in all of those passages I just read to you in Acts chapter 2. They baptized them there. Acts chapter 8, of course, the Ethiopian eunuch was baptized there. Acts chapter 10, uh, Peter baptized Cornelius' household there. Acts chapter 16, the Philippian jailer there. And Paul told him to believe, and he believed in all of his household, and he baptized them as well. We see that over and over and over again throughout the Scriptures, that that is that first step of obedience of a child of God after salvation has taken place in their lives to be to follow the Lord in scriptural baptism. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 4, verse 3 and 4. He says, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That's the very purpose of our baptism. It is to show not only our identification in Christ, but to show that we have died to self, 
in being put under that water there, that we have died to this old flesh, that we have died to self, and now we are raised up just as Christ Jesus was raised up out of the grave. We are raised up out of that water to walk now in a newness of life that we are no longer following self, that we're no longer following the dictates of our own hearts, that we're no longer following after our own will and our own desires, but rather now we are following after Christ. We are identifying ourselves with Him that He is now my Master. I will follow Him. Baptism is the answer of a clean conscience toward God. That we are made new in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in it we see the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. Now, sprinkling don't show that. We'll get into that when we look at the ordinance of baptism. Sprinkling doesn't show that. Pouring doesn't show that. It is a dipping under. Because you don't bury somebody by kicking dust on them, right? You put them in the ground. You cover them completely over. And that's that, that baptism is an example of the burial of Christ Jesus and raised again from that grave that we are now walking in that newness of life. Those that are baptized are then graduated to the second teach, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So who do we teach? We teach those that are baptized. Those who are brought into the church through that baptismal door, we continue to disciple them in the Word of God. We continue to teach them what God's Word declares. All things, he says, whatsoever I have commanded you. That's what we're to teach them. The meat of the Word, the deep things of God, the whole counsel of the Word of God. It's not enough. For the saint to grow if he's only feeding on the gospel. The gospel's the star. The gospel's the glory of it. The gospel is the wonder of it. I'm not saying, I'm, believe me, I'm not putting it down the gospel in any way, but we have to go beyond the gospel in the learning of what he has declared to us, you see. The gospel is the basic, it's the first part. We're to teach the whole counsel of the Word of God. That we might grow thereby. And so we need all of the word of God to teach us, to grow us, to build us up in him. So we are to go. We are to declare the gospel of Christ. Those that believe, we baptize. And we continue to teach them the whole counsel of God's word. Those that live in our home. Those that are our neighbors. Those that we work with, the store clerks, our mailman, our bill collectors, everyone we come in contact with, preach the gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus needs to be on your lips. His name needs to be on your lips, not as a curse. Not as a curse, but as a proclamation that he 
is the God of heaven. That he is the savior of your soul. And that you desire others to hear of him from you. Go, teach, baptize, teach. We can speak directly to them. We can hand them a tract. We can speak to them of deep things of Christ. We can speak to them of the simplicity of the gospel. Some would contend the commission, again, is left out getting saved. We, we, are, we don't need to, to burden ourselves with getting people saved because we can't do it. And sadly, that's one of the things that we use to determine whether or not we're successful or not. Well, I told them about the gospel, but they didn't, they didn't do nothing with it. I told them about Christ, but they walked away. I told them about Jesus. They didn't have any other questions. I told them about him, but he, they laughed at me and walked on. They ignored what I told them. And we said, well, it wasn't successful. Well, I, I should have tried harder. I should have done more. Maybe, maybe if I told them that all they needed to do was pray. The success is not left up to you and I. We're to plant the seed. We're to water it. God is the one that gives the increase. We don't know what success might come by. It. That person may go from, they may go away from us laughing and go home that night and fall on their knees and cry out to God. We don't know. We don't know how he's going to use it. But he has promised that his word would not return unto him void. He's going to use every, every single word. Get busy declaring his word. Our Lord's going to use every, every bit of it. He's going to use every bit of it. That, that is what makes us successful. That we proclaim Christ. That we proclaim him to those around us. Let's all stand. We'll be dismissed.